The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Investing sustainably is one thing, but uh, prove it to me that you really do invest my money uh, sustainably. So we were driven by this idea of making this transparent. And uh, so this is where really uh, the global balance footprint came from, that we, that we wanted to um, demonstrate what my money actually does. What is the, what is the impact of my money uh, to the global economy, to, to society, and indeed, obviously, also to, to the environment? Welcome to the Mentor TV podcast and stay curious with Patricia Falco-Becali. Welcome back to another edition here on Mentory TV, where in our current series, we are focusing on the theme from crisis to creation. I'm Patricia Falco-Becali, your host. And before introducing our theme for this week, let me first of all say thank you. Thank you all for subscribing, following, and being so interactive, always coming through with either new ideas and comments and insights, adding to the conversation that I tend to hold with the masterminds I have here on the show on Mentory TV. So thank you. Keep it up. And as you know, I get back to all of you individually with my thoughts and Now let's start with the actual focus of this show. I thought it was about time to have a closer look at sustainable finance, ESG investments. And you may think, well, what's so new about that? It's been around for donkey's years. True, but a couple of things. First of all, during 2020, so if you want to call it the height of the COVID-19 pandemic, we had an incredible surge into ESG investments. Why, I want to know. If you look, for example, at the investments into green bonds, they hit an all-time high during 2020, almost reaching 490 billion US dollars globally spent on this kind of investments. So what's happening? Are we still in the zeitgeist of ESG investments are a fad? Or are ESG and sustainable investments the thing of the future, the thing of maybe your financial future, your future of the planet and well-being as such. So I thought, why not reach out to Urs Landhold? He's one of the co-partners, co-founders of Globe Balance Bank here in Switzerland. It's a small private bank. And hey, it's one of those pioneers and big pushers in this type of investments. Urs, thank you so much for being with us here on Mentreat. Thank you very much for having me. Well, let's kick off our conversation straight away and let's introduce our audience, our community OS, to what Globe Balance Bank actually is. What is Globe Balance? Well, 
It is a bank. It is a private bank. It is a Swiss-based private bank. It is an owner-run private bank. Um, or you could call us also, if you like, a boutique or a, a pure play uh, sustainable asset manager. I think we, we consider ourselves a pioneer in this particular field, um, having roots going back to 1995, when the pre predecessor company has been founded. Um, uh, I think in that sense, as we as this famous uh, Swiss um, uh, company's uh, advertisement goes, Wer hat's erfunden? Uh, I think we consider ourselves the ones uh, that really have brought this to the, the Swiss, the Swiss uh, banking market. We were the first ones to launch a uh, private equity alternative energy uh, fund. We were the first ones to launch uh, a water fund. We have um, funded the still uh, prevailing uh, Dow Jones Sustainability Index, where uh, uh, Sam, the then uh, comp the company we then worked for, and we left back in 2008, uh, Sustainable Asset Management. They are still the the delivery, if you like, the the ones that deliver the ingredients uh, still today to the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. So really, we are. Our, our DNA is sustainability, and uh, we try to bring this to to our to our clients. Well, it's an interesting one because you mentioned Sam, the fund uh, I think um, that was uh, introduced back in 1995 by your current CEO, uh, Rito Riga, and he said in one of the comments it was just too early for the market that they were pioneers, but the zeitgeist wasn't just ready for people to take sustainability in whatever ESG uh, really uh, includes seriously enough in order to make this the comparison investment equals also making money and a certain return. Very true, very true. I think we, for a number of years, we were cons uh, we were regarded as the, the greenest, if you like, the, the, the crazy ones. And and this the, the prevailing sort of uh, view in the market by many, maybe less uh, oriented in investors was like, well, sustainability is nice, uh, but uh, actually it doesn't, it doesn't perform. And I think... Uh, that I hope um, has uh, been proven wrong. And uh, looking at the current, if you like, uh, development, uh, given that we see sustainability in the investment management environment becoming more and more uh, mainstream, I think we have proven them wrong. Yeah, no, I think the performance is a really important issue there. And I think it was actually last year that quite a few of these ESG funds and stocks have outperformed uh, the non-ESG inclusive uh, indices across the globe. There were interesting studies out there. Let's talk a little bit about the details, how your investment strategy is actually implemented, Urs. And um, as far as I could see from the research, there are certain megatrends that guide whatever ESG is all about and which then eventually is also the convincing factor for potential investors. True. As I mentioned before, sustainability is not just fashionable. I think it's definitely here to stay. Uh, it's becoming more and more mainstream. Um, in reality, I think what we're seeing out there is uh, more and more uh, bipolar world, if you like. We have, um, we have uh, the sort of, well, 
easily said, we have sort of the old economy type of uh, industries and we have the new type, uh, uh, new economy type of industries. And the company, if you like, without owning a single car or take uh, Airbnb, the world's largest housing or, or hotel um, uh, company without owning any brick or mortar. So new, new business models are, models are coming up, um, some of them very disruptive. And I think a lot of the old economy industries are, are, are having an awakening here, really. And, uh, and it's also, when we talk about megatrends, I think it is trying to capture that, that growth potential that these, uh, these megatrends uh, uh, have. Uh, I think that is, that is key. And integrating that in a, well, uh, in a sustainable environment, a sustainable investment environment. Mm -hmm. And these megatrends, which one would you say is pushing most right now? Is it really down to climate change? Well, I mean, definitely. I mean, climate change, um, that's, um, that's definitely uh, at, the, at the forefront of, of, has to be at the forefront of any investment decision in an investment house such, a, such as ours or actually in any company out there trying to survive. Yeah, it is climate change and renewable or new energies. I would say um, it's a scarcity of resources, which is another aspect that needs to be uh, taken. New mobility. I mean, when you talk about new and old economy, you would immediately think of, I don't know, General Motors versus Tesla. So new mobility is definitely a, a subject. But the entire aspect of digitalization, which has been now given more headwinds, if you like, um, due to the corona situation, um, automation, robotics, but also uh, gender uh, uh, questions or, or health and age. I mean, uh, 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 just one fact is that these days, uh, this is how, how, if you like, uh, wrong the current environment is. These days, more people die of too many calories than they die uh, than people yeah. die of too few calories. I mean, how 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 insane is that? So so yes, uh, health and age is definitely another another subject that we are looking at. And the interesting thing there, or is on one hand, you you talk about scarcity, and uh, I think one of the statistics that you quote as well is by 2050, you know, we do have so many more mouths to feed, more than 9 billion people, that there will be food scarcity. Uh, we need about 70% more food than we have right now. At the same time, we have this mega trend that there are more people overweight right as we speak yeah. than underweight in the world. Yeah. So it really is not only a, a, a complex place, uh, a complex world, but one that is full of juxtapositions, total okay. opposites. And I to navigate mean. your investments successfully through that okay. is, of course, is, is of course uh, an interesting thing. Absolutely. My question is, to what extent does really ESG investment guarantee that we will face a more you know, sustainable and resilient portfolio and also a more resilient world with all these megatrends coming upon us? Yeah, I think... Um you can view sustainable portfolios uh, or sustainability in two type of ways, or actually we see two types of, um, of investors, if you like, be they private, be they institutional. We have a, um, a community that, this is a small community, but that is foremostly driven by their values. Uh, think of a, a family that tries to pass on wealth from one generation to the next, 
or think of a uh, maybe a non-profit organization or whatever. So investors that are driven by their values rather than by yields or by returns, those we would call um, believers. They are they are truly truly in this and and again. Um, sustainability or, or the way that sustainability integrates their values is far more important than return. Yeah. The majority of investors, the main investors, they simply are convinced that the integration of what we call extra financial aspects, in addition to the, the traditional financial analysis, okay, that any um, investment house will, will take into account. So in, including additionally these extra financials gives me, gives these investors a more robust, a more stable, a more sustainable um, portfolio. And uh, what that does, in other words, it is um, a means of reducing risks in your, in, your, in your portfolio. That is what is about. That's yeah. about being green. It's not about being, yeah. No, no, sorry, sorry. No, it's okay, no. No, I, I think this is a very substantial point you were you were saying about risk mitigation. So as, if I hear you right, was first of all, if you look at the portfolio and the way you structure it, okay, it, it needs to be a given that whatever company you're investing in, uh, be it as a PE institution, be it like an asset manager, needs to have a profit, needs to have a viable business as in the business model. So the return is something that is a given. And then what the ESG really signifies or the mega trends or the risk mitigation is really what is on top, driven by your values, which go perhaps a little bit deeper than the pockets because the pockets is a given, right? We, we often argue that these type of investors, this second category, um, of, of investors, the majority of investors, they actually want the best of two worlds, and quite rightly so, and quite rightly so. I mean, uh, they have every right to expect that. They want a, a portfolio that yields them a return which is comparable, if not better, than, than what they would get anywhere else or if they, if they would not invest sustainably. So it's the financial return, plus they want a, fee, a good a feeling or a good feeling about their investors. They don't want to wake up one morning to hear that whatever company they're invested in have, you know, uh, uh, child labor or have spoiled the Gulf of Mexico or whatever. So we, we often refer to this dual or double yield, double return. This is what we, what we refer to. But uh, have, considering everything, again, what is very important is that these investors expect a market-conform return. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think they are right, as you were saying, but they're looking uh, for a couple of sweet spots here. You have A, the return, and B, the feel-good factor or the fair factor in terms of doing Correct. business uh, in the business in the business Correct. they're investing in. And um, there's there's a couple of things I need to to pick up on. And one of the things you established already back in 2012 was Globalance Balance footprint. Now, I thought that was interesting because that is also, I think, the first step into what you recently launched, we talk about later on, Global Balance World, because it gives actually what I would call, and if I understand it rightly, it was transparency into the entire supply chain Correct. of whatever Correct. entity you Correct. actually have invested through your portfolio. Correct. Correct. The 
mother of that idea really was, if you like, looking into our industry. And in, a, in reality, our industry, the investment industry, has not had much innovation over the last 20, 30 years. If you, it's now early February, we all have received probably from our bank the year-end reports. And if, if, you, if you sort of pop that one up in front of your, your mind, um, you know, it gives you uh, the, the return, it gives you a lot of other information, but the reality is that the majority of clients can't read them. They are uh, Excel type of, uh, of, of, of listings of stocks with uh, strange sort of um, abbreviations that, that very, 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 a lot of people will not understand. So, um, investing sustainably is one thing, but uh, prove it to me that you really to invest my money uh, sustainably. So we were driven by this idea of making this transparent. And uh, so this is where really uh, the Global Balance Footprint came from, that we, that we wanted to um, demonstrate what my money actually does. What is the, what is the impact of my money uh, to the global economy, to, to society, and indeed, obviously, also to, to the environment. And that is really what uh, Globalan's uh, footprint does. It, it tracks the impact uh, of, 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 my, of my investments. Yeah, and that is an intricate thing. That's a fascinating thing, Urs, but the intricate thing as well, because I'm a data freak. I like data, but I also know that one thing is to get data. The other thing is to, uh, you know, validify that data, know where it's sourced from, have that data be not only credible, but actually tell me something in terms of metrics that are important. How difficult is it, A, to get a certain amount, the right quantity of data, and make sure that the data is of highest quality in order to give me yeah. as an investor, really, uh, the sense of security. Yes, yeah. my values yeah. are being respected all through the supply chain of the company yeah. I'm investing in. Very good question. Um, well, um, we had a whole host of analysts and we would have to, um, if you like, develop the data uh, ourselves and thanks God that has changed. There are a lot of organizations that do make a lot of calculations and do deliver the data. Anybody can buy them. I think the um, uh, uh, art uh, uh, is what do I do with it, and 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 how do I how do I weight it? I mean, um, so therefore, I think this is where our long term um, experience uh, in this field helps us. So so what we do is we buy raw data from close to a dozen or so providers, um, private or, or semi-government or governmental institutions. And we, we, we give it our, our own weighting, if you like. We, 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 we sort of um, uh, 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 manage those data in order to make it, make it uh, readable for, for clients, uh, in, uh, also able to interpret by these clients at the end of the day. So it was, um, we've kind of touched on the newly launched product at Globalance Bank, which is Globalance World. I played around with this interactive platform. It has a huge amount of gamification and it is very much showing what your money really does uh, across the globe. A, where it's invested and B, what the footprint is. And uh, perhaps you want to share with us your demo demo, uh, demo version uh, and show us how, is, how, how we can imagine this uh, to right. work. 
Happy to do this. Thank you very much. So you should be able to see this. Yes, financial returns. Yes, and it's right. moving. Yes. And the, and the globe is moving, doesn't it? Yes. Okay, basically. So, so this gives you what the portfolio really does here is, uh, or the or 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 Globalance World does here is a uh, a uh, maximum transparency of 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 your portfolio. It is a, a Google Earth of your portfolio. It gives you the returns. It shows you the extent to which you're invested in the megatrends that you obviously want to be invested in. It shows you what the footprint of your portfolio does. And an absolutely uh, a world's first is um, it shows you the climate path your, your portfolio is on. So you can look at the portfolio. You can For all of these, you can actually look at the, at the globe here and you can move the globe. You can see this. Yes. Uh, you can Amazing. expand. You can jump into any country and you'll see that in Italy, the, the, the major exposure you have through Alphabet, Apple and, and Microsoft, as an example. You go into the portfolio, uh, it demonstrates, uh, here you have on this line here, all the different companies. Uh, Panasonic is doing best year to date with 13% as opposed to Edwards, which is minus nine. Uh, you have all these information. You can jump into these companies and you get all that information. These are the portfolios. Let's have a look at what I thought was incredible. It shows you really where and what companies have what global warming impact in their in their um, business right. performance mm -hmm. and uh, their business practices. And I thought that was very interesting for uh, you know now with uh, with our targets Paris Agreement as well as UN uh, goals coming out there putting a lot of pressure on the private sector really to get to those targets. And you show full transparency on that. But what I thought was very interesting in this setup. So if you look at the big, you know, at the top here, what you can put in is what sort of indices you want to compare. So you have the MSCI World Index and then you have DAX, FTSE, et cetera, et cetera. So I kept it with MSCI World and then I put the S&P 500 just to you know, compare a couple of very important, let's say, Correct. indices that a lot of funds trace. Or you, can, or you can compare your own portfolio with uh, any of these uh, indices, and it gives you, it gives you a view on, uh, again, on, on what the, what the megatrends are, uh, to what extent you're invested there. It gives you the warming potential, um, yes. gives you the footprint, and gives you, uh, obviously, returns, yes. Exactly. And, and what I thought was really in interesting was for, for, I mean, for me, you know, especially was the climate. Okay. Because it's on the forefront, as we were discussing earlier on, was of everybody's minds on, uh, you know, government's minds, investors' minds, and of course, consumer minds. So what you have here is the overall um, uh, amount of degrees centigrade, I think, compared to the target of 2%, right? So 2% right. is the 1.5 as the Paris... Uh, yeah. True. Uh, <laughs> Getting tougher by the minute. And that means that this is actually worse. And S&P 500, 3.3 degrees also. So here it shows you, and maybe you want to talk us through this, that the um, MSC world has these kind of data and results and the S&P 500 has that. And then what I thought was interesting, the top five companies actually getting closest to the Paris Agreement you just, you just mentioned are actually listed and they're part of the portfolio and the bottom companies. Correct. Right. Correct. So that means to 
ask consumers exactly what. What does this map really tell us when we decide upon our future investment strategy? Well, it, it tells you basically two things. It tells you, one, if you buy the market, you buy a lot of these in terms of, in terms of uh, climate uh, path, a lot of these red companies, these, in that context at least, bad companies. If you buy the market, you buy not only buy the best ones, you also buy the worst ones. That's, that's number one. So for clients being um, aware of this or clients wanting to um, escape this sort of trap, if you like, there is no other way than being selective and, and not buying indices. I mean, that's, that's uh, yes. answer number one. And, 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 and answer number two is we must be aware of the, we must be mindful of the fact that only about 15% only 15 roughly percent of global listed companies actually are two degrees um, or, or better. In, I mean, we also must be aware that the majority of companies actually still have a, a long way to go and, and, and try to improve, improve their, um, their um, climate path. Yeah. Otherwise, we will not be getting where, where yeah. we all want to get by the middle of the century. Yeah, absolutely. And it's around the corner. And I think what is interesting in this kind of context you just said, Urs, is that before I even invest into any kind of ESG portfolio or think about the investment, be it with Globalance, be it with another asset manager, I can go onto Globalance World and say, okay, the bottom five companies uh, in, in, in terms of their footprint are um, you know, Philip Morris, Monster, Garmin, right. whatever, American right. Tobacco, right. means that if I buy any of your or anybody else's right. um, um, fund, I can watch out, do they have this company inside, yes or no, and can make an active and informed decision right. because it doesn't or, appear 100%. Or even more precise, if if you, for whatever reason, in, 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 intends to invest in company X or Y, you have a search function here you 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 uh, 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 give the name of that very company and it will give you all that information okay so it's a it's an aid it's a it's a help for for your decision making process if you like you know i wonder when are you going to get into trouble at global balance from all those all of those companies because you know, it makes it so easy and transparent for even Joe Bloggs to know what oh. may be behind, maybe we, behind a big brand. We would love that. that you might get, you know, you're like a whistleblower. <laughs> you're the whistleblower that, back door. We would love that interaction with companies. We would love to do that. Um, absolutely. We are not, I mean... We would, we would be happy about that. <laughs> no, yeah, because for me, it was like, I thought, okay, that's great. It's guidance for me. And I said, hang on. But this is like a name and shame list, if you think about it. And if this kind of setup that you have, this kind of platform really goes viral, then gosh, will companies and really make everything possible to get their act cleaned up, um, literally, ASAP? And it's, I mean, we, we, we draw this information from, from very reputable sources. I mean, uh, uh, similarly, insurance companies or, or uh, reinsurance companies would use the same data in order to calculate their, uh, their risk. So it's not something we sort of came up with one, one sunny morning. Uh, and it's very, very reliable data. And yeah, I think a lot of 
company executives uh, should actually start to um, to look into this and 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 and. And again, climate risks are also economic risks for me as an investor, but also for these companies. So it's not just um, that these companies should pay attention to this in order to please a more and more greenish type of an investment uh, uh, world. Also for their very own shareholders, it would be beneficial if, if they would be looking into this. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the insurers and the reinsurers. I mean, if any sector has been suffering due to, you know, these catastrophes, climate catastrophes and weather catastrophes we've seen as of late, it was that sector in particular. And I I totally agree with you. Climate change has gone so far that it impacts everybody. And this this is why last year, um, for the first time at the World Economic Forum in 2020, for the first time, the business community actually saw climate change and the impact of climate change as as the first economic risk to our world. So there is a direct link now between nature, looking after nature and our economic well-being, which brings me, of course, to the issue of, you know, recovery and rebuilding our world the green way. And that wraps up the first part of my conversation with Urs Landhold, one of the co-founders of Glow Balance Bank here in Switzerland, looking at ESG investments. And if you do like my conversations I have here on Mentory TV with my mastermind guests, well, why don't you subscribe and also hit the bell button, share and like our videos so more and more people can get the benefit to see those conversations. And also, I will keep you always informed with my newest releases. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.